Cantonese kids. I'm Rose and I'm Zara and together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. Hello, this is Zara. This week we have an exciting roundup of news stories. We'll be talking about Marcus Rashford's free school meals campaign, Halloween, and how the pandemic is affecting celebration. And we will be bringing you an update on the US election. We will also be talking about the clocks changing, the oldest person in the UK dying, and finally, a squid bot exploring the sea. Hello, this is Zara. This week, there is a lot of focus on a topic that actually makes me feel really sad. Marcus Rashford is a football player who plays for Manchester United and England and he has been campaigning to ensure that children do not go hungry. This week, more than a million people signed Marcus Rashford's petition calling for children from poor families in England to get free meals in the school holidays. His petition said that no child should be going hungry and he started this after members of parliament rejected Labour's motion to extend free meal over school holidays until Easter next year. The government says that it has already introduced measures to support families and said that it has given councils £63 million for families facing financial difficulties due to pandemic restrictions. The government extended free school meals to eligible children during the Easter holidays this year and after the start of Mr Rashford's campaign, repeated this during the summer holidays too. Some Conservatives and Labour councils have now agreed to supply meal vouchers for pupils during half-term using the extra cash provided by central government. Marcus Rashford's petition calls for the government to put in place the recommendations made by government commissioned review on food published in July last year. He wants free school meals to be expanded to an additional 1.5 million children by widening eligibility for free lunches, make an additional 1.1 million children eligible for holiday activities and free programmes and more generous meal vouchers for pregnant women and parents of young children. If a parliamentary petition gets more than 100,000 signatures, the subject is considered for a House of Commons debate. During a visit to a food bank in Manchester this week, Mr Rashford said that he would keep pushing the government to change its policy. The Food Foundation, a charity that works so that everyone can have access to healthy food earlier this year, found that 3.2 million people in the UK living in households with children under 18 have experienced food insecurity since lockdown started because of issues like loss of income or isolation. They also found that more than 200,000 children in the UK have had to skip meals because their family couldn't access sufficient food during lockdown earlier this year. With lockdown starting again in the UK this winter, this is really worrying. Hi, it's Rose here. I was really excited last weekend about Halloween. Although very disappointed, we couldn't do our normal trick-or-treating due to this COVID-19 pandemic. I love getting dressed up for Halloween. It's always really fun to find a spooky outfit. And of course, we get lots of yummy treats. 
It was very different this year though. We had a dress up day and spooky movie at home and did a treat hunter around the house as it wasn't safe to go and knock on people's doors due to the pandemic. Although it was fun to be at home but I really hope we can go trick or treating properly next year. Did you know that trick or treating first began in America in the 1930s with the first appearance of the term trick or treat occurring in 1932. Historically, the treat is usually some form of sweets or candy, although in some cultures, money is given instead. The trick refers to a threat to perform mischief on the homeowners on their property if no treat is given. Nowadays, however, we don't do tricks, we only ask for treats. The word Halloween dates back to 1745 and means Saint's Evening, as 31st of October is the day before the 1st of November, which is All Saints Day, a Christian holy day. But for centuries before this, people had celebrated festivals at this time, and it is believed one of the origins of Halloween was the Celtic festival of Samhain, which comes from the Old Irish for Summer's End. I really hope that next year the coronavirus pandemic will all be over and we go back to our usual Halloween celebrations. Hi, this is Zara and I'm here with the US election update. Well, election day is getting closer. It is on the 3rd of November and President Donald Trump is hoping to win another four years in the White House. Lots of people are voting early, including by using postal votes to make their choice this year, as they want to avoid crowded polling stations during the coronavirus pandemic. Mr Trump has raised a concern that these votes will not be counted properly, although he has not given a lot of evidence for that. According to the US Elections Project, which is a site run by Michael McDonald, a professor at the University of Florida who specializes in early voting, as of the 30th of October, more than 85 million Americans had voted early, either by post or in person. So far, in most national polls, Mr. Biden has a national lead over President Trump, but this lead is quite narrow in some U.S. states that could vote either way and that could decide who wins the election. In the U.S., the winner of the election is not the person that gets the most votes nationally. It is decided by a system known as electoral college vote. Each state gets a number of electoral college votes based on its population. So, for example, California, which has a lot of people living there, has 55 votes, while somewhere like Alaska has only three votes. In most states, there is a winner-takes-all rule, so that whoever wins the highest number of votes in that state is given all the state's electoral college votes. There are a total 538 electoral college votes and the winner will be the candidate that wins 270 or more. The other important piece of news this week in the US is that the US Senate confirmed Justice Amy Corney Barrett to the Supreme Court to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died a short while back at the age of 87. A lot of people disagree with the fact that Justice Barrett has been appointed so close to the election. A seat at the Supreme Court is a job for life. The Supreme Court is the highest court in America and it makes the final decision on lots of laws and issues that affect American lives. Supreme Court justices often, but obviously not always, 
agree with the political party and the president that has selected them, so many people think that it is wrong for a Supreme Court justice to be appointed so close to an election. Justice Barrett is known to have conservative views and to agree with Donald Trump and his party on lots of issues. At a speech at the White House earlier this week, Justice Barrett tried to reassure people and said a judge declares independence not only from the Congress and the President, but also from the private beliefs that, that might otherwise move her. Lots of people still remain worried that even if President Trump loses, his views may continue to be represented at the Supreme Court. We may know the result of the US election before the next episode of News Kids, and we are looking forward to discussing it on our next podcast. Hello, this is Isa. This week in the UK, British summertime came to an end and the clocks went back on the 25th of October at 2am. So everybody in the UK had an extra hour in bed. Yay, that must be fun. They went back to observing Greenwich Mean Time. So why do clocks change? Well, the idea of changing clocks was suggested in 1784 by an American politician and inventor called Benjamin Franklin. He suggested that if people got up earlier when it was lighter, then it would save money on candles. In the UK, in 1907, a builder called William Willett published a leaflet called The Waste of Daylight and encouraged lots of people to get out of bed earlier. But his idea was only actually introduced after his death. Now, the UK's clocks always go back one hour on the last Sunday in October and forward by one hour on the last Sunday in March. This is done so that there is more use of daylight hours. People have lots of different opinions about this change of time. However, some people don't like it as it can make it darker when children go to school in the morning. Moving clocks like this is now done in some countries across the world. In fact, a lot of people in Europe, North America and Australasia change their clocks, but many countries, especially in Africa and Asia, don't do this. It is not done here in the UAE, and so when the clocks move back, like this, in the UK, we have a four-hour time difference between Dubai and the UK, which I don't like. Hi, it's Laurie here with some sad news this week. As Britain's oldest person died at the age of 112 years, Joan Pockard was born on 29th March 1908, under the reign of Edward VII. She was 10 years old when the First World War started and 31 years old when the Second World War started. She died at her home in Poole, Dorset on Saturday. Her nephew, Paul Reynolds, who is 74, said that she had always sought to live life to the full and that she loved eating butter and cream and didn't believe in dieting. Now, the oldest living British person is Lillian Priest from Dorset, who is 111 years old. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, the oldest woman of all time was a French lady called Jane Calment, who died in 1997, aged 
122 years and 164 days. It's really amazing that it's possible to live so long and see so much history. I really hope we all live to be 100 years old. Hi, it's Rose here again. A new underwater robot, nicknamed Squidbot, had been built by researchers at the University of California, San Diego, to explore the sea and take pictures of fish and coral. BBC News Round reported that the Squidbot can swim by itself, moving forward by generating jets of water from a power source inside its body. It can also carry a sensor, such as a camera, for underwater exploration. Much of the robot is made from soft materials to allow it to swim around coral without causing any damage. To create the Squidbot, the team studied how real-life squid move around underwater and then recreated all the key features that squids use for high-speed swimming. The robot can travel around 18 to 32 centimetres per second, which is roughly half a mile per hour. The scientists who created it say this is faster than most other soft robots, but slower than real squid who can travel at between 23 and 25 miles per hour. Caleb Christiansen, who led the study, said after testing the robot in a tank, it was especially exciting to see that the robot was able to successfully swim in a large aquarium among coral and fish, which shows how it could be used in a real ocean. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.